Hello, Christina Irvin here, and welcome to the Salon Newsletter Monthly Chaos to Clarity Discussion. In today's recording, Sol and I have an insightful conversation about one of my favorite clarity tools, exploration. Get ready for some aha moments and grab something to write with. Let's begin. So, exploring. The newsletter asked you to tap into your inner explorer by giving you an assignment to explore one of your six senses. I think it's good, and it, I think you'll have a different experience based off of where you are in your own growth journey. The touch, and there's the feel, and I'm deep feeler, right? <laughs> so I am challenge myself to feel like explored differently than the emotional feel, but the actual physical feel. Isn't it fascinating how when we go into exploring our senses and we mix in emotions, isn't it interesting how it can trigger our want to analyze or do analysis? Does that make any sense? Yeah. Although, see, because this is your fault. Uh, <laughs> but because <laughs> again, my fault again. Yeah, okay. we might as well just start the conversation off right. But because I've been learning and embracing paradox, I do much less analysis. And also because I have been a person who spent most of my life embracing the role of being the solutions person and having to make decisions. Once I understood that concept that I could release having to be responsible for decision-making and solutions and stuff, the whole allowing thing all became allowing, embracing paradox became easier. And analysis, I'm like, that requires effort that I don't wish to do. I don't choose that. (laughs) Good, good. So it's not so much a challenge for me anymore. Part of my focus of exploring that filters into just about every one-on-one consulting relationship, every class that I teach my own life is much like when you experience an infant who is experiencing something for the first time. They're in awe of it. They could be taking a, a dandelion into their hand and they could be feeling and touching the dandelion and looking at the dandelion. And you can tell they're immersed. They're joining the dandelion, right? And yet, as we grow old, dandelions are weed. We've got to get rid of it. We whack it off, we rake it up, we toss it away. Taking something as simplistic as your feelings, exploring it with a sensation, especially your intuition, doesn't that just open up magic? Yes. Yeah, and I've been experiencing like, oh, I don't think I ever noticed that before. (laughs) A lot more of that. Is that too woo-woo? It's a bit, but also (laughs) I've been welcoming it lately, and I think because I needed something else to kind of lighten up this what I was experiencing in the moment, so I've welcomed it. I chose, when I first did this exercise, I chose the sensation of taste. And I chose to 
while I was physically tasting something, having the sensation of physically tasting something, being mindful, not judging, but more like a reporter taking down the facts, being more conscious of my emotions. What emotions got triggered? What were those emotions anchored to? Were those emotions anchored to a childhood memory of something? Were those emotions anchored to a baseline fear of some kind? Where did those emotions play or how did they play into the actual physically tasting something? So example, I took an onion, I peeled off the, the first layer so that it didn't have the paper layer and I bit into an onion like you would bite into an apple. Now, I did that because I can remember my mother telling me at some point in time, one of the things that my father used to love to do was to eat a raw onion like an apple. And the very first time that I heard this story, I thought, my father's crazy. <laughs> I mean, a white onion is a strong flavor. I mean... There's it's horrible, white, yeah. There's a yellow onion, there's a red onion, a red onion you can, you know, you do sometimes chop them up raw and sprinkle them up on top of a salad, and it's a flavorful treat to have. But a white onion, raw, ooh. So I just remember when I bit into that onion, thinking, and starting to cry immediately. I mean, the physical sensation of my eyes watering up and my mouth going, what the hell are you doing? Uh, you know, I ate it. I didn't spit it out. I wanted to get the full sensation of it. And it was so funny because I thought, is, is this something that I did because I wanted to connect with a father who I never really knew? I mean, he died when I was five. I have only a passing memory of my father. And the memories that I do have my, of my father was an invalid in a hospital bed because of the way he died. As I explored what I chose, I chose the gift of taste. Then I chose the act of eating an onion because I remembered my mother's story. So I started getting into those feelings. Okay, my mother wanted to share a story with me about my father, a story she knew I didn't know. Now, as I take a mind map and I start mapping out what popped up like popcorn popping in the pan, the emotions of my mother, you know, everything from that loving person who wanted to do what she could with what she had to raise her kids the best she knew how, to now having hindsight <laughs> after having certain family members give me a different perspective of my mother that was not all that complimentary. Having that hindsight and having this new information gave me a whole different taste to how I can do better at unconditionally loving somebody. Okay, I'm done rambling. <laughs> <laughs> so I was exploring feel, and I started with the emotions of it, and then I started exploring um, like the physical touch feel, and my memory took me to different memories with my mom, really began to realize it was because I'm, st I'm still grieving mom's death, but I'm not, 
I am not grieving in a depressed longing for as much as I am the memories, the the, the happy memories and stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, what con- mm-hmm. what continues to really be popping up for me is how much more wise my mom was than I ever realized. Mm-hmm. I was remembering mom was on the couch. We were down in the den where the TV was, the family room, always lay on the floor in front of the TV. And mom was on the couch and she would always just pop up with these random, like real life conversations out of nowhere. She would ask me a question out of nowhere. Be like, mom, where'd you come up with this question? Like right now, like this question. And then, so I realized though, and it's only just now in this moment that I realized why all of this came full circle. Because in the moment that I was doing that exploring, I had a blanket over across me and I was just rub your fingers together on the blanket and felt like the way the blanket that I always used when I was a kid felt. So I'm imagining maybe all of that brought it together. I don't know because all of this whole experience was a little random, but I have continued to just replay those moments where you would say out of the blue, something ever happens to mommy and daddy, you keep living. She would ask me like how I felt about something, or she would ask me, (laughs) sometimes she would have this random, I don't know. And she'd ask me a question about a term that was being used that was popular that the kids those days was calling that was a sexual term about a a body part or something, but that was her way of engaging the the conversation to find out like what I knew, what I had been talking to my friends about and, and let's have a conversation about the responsibility of sex and like all of those things. Right. But the whole exploration exercise boils down to being in such awe of the wisdom that my mom imparted on me. She knew there would come this day where she wouldn't be here. But I have so many wisdom nuggets from her. You're sharing what I call quiet wisdom. Yeah. But I have a, a an appreciation for them today like I've never had. I think that falls into the field of you always hear parents saying, until you're a parent, you won't yeah. understand it. Yeah. And so that, I think, falls in that neighborhood. If I were mind mapping it out, it'd be like the second or third tier of an awareness that un- until it's gone, you don't know that it's gone. And then when it's gone, it's like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like things I always thought, like, my my friends' parents don't talk to them about this stuff. But then I always understood also when I was a kid that there was a level of, you know, I'm kind of blessed that, like, my mom does have these conversations with me, right? Like, because I remember being younger, looking at my friends and listening to my friends, thinking, y'all just clueless, man. Y'all, like, my mom ain't got me out here not knowing this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't stupid. <laughs> I ain't stupid. <laughs> I mean, it was all the things. It was simple things. It was going to college and looking at friends and being like, girl, okay, this is where the washing powder goes. This is how you separate your clothes, girl. 
Like, you got to hang this up and let it dry, girl. You can't just be putting this in the dryer. Like, those are the things that, like, I didn't have to learn or have somebody look at me with that, oh, my God, I can't believe you don't know this book. <laughs> you bring up something that I I have been, this is, this is going to be interesting, as I'm now in my early 60s, and as I become aware of the those well well after me uh the, the kids that are now in their teenage years they're going to be in their young adulthood years when i'm in my 80s and 90s and these kids that are glued to their phones <laughs> that socialization is through text and tiktok and wechat and instagram and whatever else i mean that interpersonal relationship that you were just talking about, the one where your your mom picked the timing that she felt was just right because she was near you. You know, she didn't text you. <laughs> you sat down and had a conversation, right? So exploring, it's like we're in a whole different world now in the way we communicate, aren't we? Yeah, for sure. And I'm doing my best to leave the jury out of the judgment process, but when I'm out at a restaurant and I see a table of four, five, six people, the people are sitting there at the table, and they're all texting. They're not talking to each other. They're texting. It's like, why did you bother coming out for dinner? What was, I mean... You could have done takeout. (laughs) 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 To me, going out to dinner and having a lively dinner, exploring the tastes and the laughter and the aromas and the sights of each other laughing. I mean, you know, that that that's all part of the the experience, right? Right. You're just gonna sit there and mindlessly shovel food in your face while you text somebody. Hello? How did that become a norm? Huh. Huh. Okay, so I've been exploring this too. And before I go ranting on it, I'm I'm still feeling in it out, but I actually think it's the other way around. Like I think that we tend to blame technology and social media for our lack of interconnectedness and conversation and and experiencing one another these days. But I'm thinking on it, and I actually think that is literally, that is like the smokescreen. And going back okay, to... All right, smokescreen, okay. Yeah, so going back to, you know, I was telling you when we first started that I was writing a piece on calling bullshit on stoicism having a call for normalizing being human in the face of pain and hardship. So I started just looking up stoicism and, and philosophy and stuff like that. And it back in the day, far back as beginning of time, stoicism was like, it was honorable. It was a, it was a mark of wisdom. It was um, revered even. That was their way of getting through things and, experiencing things 
like there was a responsibility to make it easy for the world, if you will. And I get that. That's what they knew. But that's also what they taught. And so generation after generation after generation after generation, it's kind of like watering down a glass of tea with a bunch of ice, right? Like it might start off sweet as hell, but you you keep melting some ice in it, it ain't all watered water. down. It's weak. Yeah. Yeah. You mm-hmm. you you hold it up and it's no longer a dark brown. It's like barely brown. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what has happened with emotions and lived experience. We have gotten to a place of watering down our lived experience so much every generation. The current generation teaches the next generation to just be a blank slate because that's all they know. Interesting theory. And so didn't have a a service for my mom. She didn't want one. I got this from her. She didn't get into pomp and circumstance, nor do I, right? But it's weird because we had conversation about things. But what I'm also realizing about my mother's wisdom is that she actually, even though she, I don't think she knowingly did it. She was laying the groundwork for me to learn to embrace my lived, real experience of life. It was the introduction of other things in society that taught me to numb it out and suppress it for a while. Mm-hmm. But I think the reason why I have been able to really do my a quick 180 on that i'm in the lane i've always wanted to be i've yearned to be which is like be honest about what the hell it is i'm experiencing i can handle all the feels what i can't handle is not being allowed to acknowledge them and express them i can even be balanced in my expression my embodiment of who I am in this world and all of my tech boxes and the clarity that all of this is interconnected. There's an intention to experience it singularly like or one-dimensionally rather than in full context. If I can reverse engineer this insidiousness that's been weaponized and weaponize it against itself, almost like an inoculation, then we can figure out how to ripple this more. I hear that. And you remind me of in my middle team sitting with one of my first instructors and they were point blank. They said, soul, the more awake and aware you become, the more you will see the sweetness and the sourness of our species. Yeah. Like I am in awe of us. And the awe of us, like, at the same time, again, your fault, paradox, I I experienced the abhorrent. Yes. And, and then at the same time, I'm like, but God, we're so fucking amazing. Look at this. Right? At the same time, I'm in awe, which renders me speechless often. I know that's a shock to you, but it does. <laughs> Like, but I really do have this. How can we both be this and that at the same freaking time? From the sublime to the ridiculous. But here's the thing 
this is when I said insidious, this is what I mean. It's a training. It, it has been a generational training. So what is constant, even though we have all this information, is the training of the one-dimensional approach to it, such that we have all this information, but we tend to seek out only the information that confirms what we already believe, think, see, feel, and hear. Bingo. So it doesn't matter that there's all that information available to us because we are trained naturally to satisfy that thirst for just what we want, what we know. The expansion part, that's hard for most people. That's, well, hell, I don't even think it's a thing that even occurs to most people. I am odd in the sense that I've always been this kind of gadfly. <laughs> like, so all of this internet and all this information actually makes me feel normal. Whereas my most of my life, I felt a little square peg in the round hole-ish. <laughs> the advent of the internet, the advent of technology, the advent of the access to that technology, normalizing the technology, is a gentle push in our evolution. We have had, we have always had the capacity to be more. I think I read someplace once upon a time, if you were to look at your thumb and consider your entire thumb the size of your brain. Well, we're using not even a quarter of the thumbnail of our brain. Yeah. <laughs> Truth. Choosing to explore why we're feeling stressed. Oh my God. That could be Pandora's box blue yeah, nuclearized, couldn't it? Yeah, and it's one that I had an aha moment on about 4 o'clock this morning. Yeah, we're not talking about why I was still awake at 4 o'clock in the morning. I was doing a lot of exploring and kind of writing at the same time. And because I was exploring the whole feeling of, like, why is it that when I'm asked a question about, you know, or, or uh, given a choice, if you will, like you said, like, why does there's that moment, if there's anything in the question that I experience as a binary, like, it, I have to figure it out with these constraints, then I begin to feel a stress. And so I've really been thinking about that because, you know, I, I've been ranting about to the personal development world and, you know, big expensive industry and and there's some toxicity in it that I don't like but one of the things that drives me crazy is like everything starts off with take out a piece of paper and write down your why and it's like I fucking hate that question I hate being asked why because it's different for me in a moment for a different purpose in the way that my brain processes something right so if I, for example, if I, if I purchase a coaching or a cohort or a training or a course or something, my why for that tied to some macro, big, deep, emotional life, why vision, right? For my, the way I'm processing it, it's different. When that question is introduced to me, 
I resent the fuck out of it because I understand what the intention is, but it makes me feel like I have to be out of alignment with my core values because now I got to manipulate and lie and like feed an answer that that's really not what I'm feeling in the moment, but I'm trying to like check this box so I can get to the next one, right? Now, this is juicy because you're in the zone of the middle between genuine exploring and genuine analyzing. And that middle is triggered by rules, is triggered by structure or the imposed sense of structure. Genuine exploring has no structure, does it? None. None. And I hate it when I have to put it in structure. (laughs) But analyzing is nothing but structure, isn't it? It's true. So no structure, structure. The gap between the two. Paradox. See, that gap between the two is fascinating to me because I take that gap, throw it into the Yohari window of the unknown. Okay, so that's where I was getting ready to go. Geez, so this is like a little chill bump there. <laughs> I promised I was getting ready to go because here was the huge aha that I got at 4 o'clock this morning. Part of me, I think, it, the truth of the matter is when I get down to the least common denominator of it, I recognize oftentimes that's a space where I haven't even begun to explore. And so I'm actually having a reaction, frustration, because I've not explored it. So I don't have a damn answer. <laughs> I've not explored it in any level of depth. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And so I'm literally having, if you will, like a like a toddler, a reaction of like anger and frustration because I don't have a fucking answer. And by the way, you're asking me something I don't have an answer to, and I don't want to take the time for it right now because I'm singularly focused on this task here. And yes, I know that this is recorded, and that's why I went on <laughs> and I said it out loud so that I can go back and listen to it, my damn self. <laughs> I have evidence. I have evidence. I can just say, oh, Christina, do you remember that February 4th conversation? And you'll say, fuck you, soul. (laughs) And also, let me go ahead and put this little asterisk footnote on there. With more data, my shit might change. It probably will, knowing me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad we're into this zone as we begin to wrap up our, our journey here because our next newsletter is going to be on to analyze or not to analyze. I want to be clear that there are times we do have to analyze. End of story. Yeah. Now, the older I get, the more I become aware of the fact that the reasons to analyze are less and less. Where I think where I'm at right now, being present to when I am analyzing Oftentimes, I'm leveraging it as a an intentional um, distraction tool. 
Mm-hmm. When I analyze, I engage one of the number one rules of brainstorming. Normally, brainstorming sessions, you impose an artificial time, like 10 minutes or five minutes. There's a, a reason why the imposition of time is made is because it's kind of a push. Being aware of that gap between no structure whatsoever, which is what true, genuine exploring is all about. It's that four-month-old child picking up an object that you consider to be mundane, picking up a penny or picking up a flower or looking at something and gazing at it. And you can tell the, the infant is truly present in the moment. There is no ego. There's no developed sense of right or wrong, good or bad, in or out. They're in it. They're wondering of it. They, they, the look on their face is true wonder. That type of exploring, to me, is where the magic happens. That type of exploring is what I call conscious dreaming. We're allowing everything that we're in, no matter how much of a woo score you have, whether you're a no woo, a one woo, or a ten woo, 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 woo. <laughs> yeah, I know the, I know what you're doing right now. It's smart. I get it. <laughs> okay, yeah. Just for people who, the outside joke here is I've always teased you about your woo factor, that I'm a little too woo-woo from time, but I just match the woo that I think I'm in. <laughs> but structure, I don't know if you remember in some of our Pay Me What I'm Worth classes, I brought up the concept of the topics of continuity and consistency. Mm-hmm. Now, some people say, well, that's potato, potato, but it's not. Continuity and consistency has all to do with analysis, right? Right. So those moments where you're off because you're in true explorer mode and you have no idea whatsoever of what to do or what to say or where to go or even that's, mm-hmm. that's the magic You could have told me that years ago. You didn't have to <laughs> let me just do all this spinning around. Hell, you could have just gave me the answer. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Me giving you an answer. When have I given you, in the years that you've known me, an answer? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know why you do me this way. <laughs> Give me the damn answer, soul. Oh, yeah, yeah. You want it short-handed. Uh, sorry. <laughs> well, wow. We've gotten into some juicy stuff here, and thank you for that. I mean, I am so delighted that when you choose to explore, it does open up that where are you in your own transparency with yourself, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I love that space, by the way. So what's really been a, a big transformation is my awareness. Of just how more transparent you can be with yourself. Mm-hmm. And how much easier, much easier life gets that way. Yeah, yeah. Because it makes it, even in these the times when life is life, and as the kids say these days, <laughs> When life is life in the hardest, it really does take some of the heavy lifting. If you've ever done squats, back in my younger days when I played ball, we used to squat a several hundred pounds of, of weight on our shoulders. I think I was squatting about 450, 500 one day. 
when when my niece said, okay, you go ahead and put another 45 pounds on here if you want to. If you've ever lifted weights and squat, then you know there's you, you've got to have a spotter. There's always the people on the ends, and they'll take the end of the barbell if you're struggling to get up to take some of the weight off of it. That's the metaphor I would present for what transparency can do for you. No, good example. I know that was good with this all. Give me high five. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this month's salon newsletter discussion. Did you have any ahas? We certainly invite you to share your feedback with us. In the meantime, don't forget to join us on the first Saturday of every month, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. By the way, do you know of anyone else who would like to have less chaos and more clarity in their life? Invite them to subscribe to the newsletter at bit.ly forward slash 2023 chaos to clarity. We look forward to you joining us in our next discussion to analyze or not to analyze. That is the question.